Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Jeff Peters on the new upcoming animated version of the famous Jesus film. It means that when this film comes out in December 2025, we already have 2100 languages of the original film translated. So shortly after release, within a matter of a few years, we believe this film will also be in over 2,000 languages and once again available uh, free for the for the church community, for people to be able to use to share the gospel with their neighbors, the communities, our friends and family. That's Jeff Peters, next. The famous Jesus film, which has been extensively used evangelistically by Campus Crusade, now known as Crew, for decades, is getting a makeover into a new animated version. With us to talk about it is Dr. Jeff Peters, Global Marketing Director for the new Jesus film, releasing in 2025. Jeff, tell us about the Crew Jesus film, its history, and how God has used it. I think the summary of it is, in, in 1981... Uh, an organization called Jesus Film Project was born. And it was really born uh, after the release of the original film Jesus in 1979. In, in the late 70s, kind of mid 70s, uh, Dr. Bill Bright, uh, sort of the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, um, challenged, if you will, uh, Paul Eshelman. Uh, with the vision of creating a film about the life of Jesus that would be for cinematic release. And so that film, which was uh, filmed on location uh, in the Middle East, uh, came out on the big screen, if you will. Hmm. Um, and uh, ultimately that launched uh, in 19... So the film came out in 1979. The organization was then launched in 1981. And... Since then, that film has been translated uh, as of as of actually last month into 2,100 languages. Uh, it is literally the Guinness Book of World Records holding most translated film of all time. Uh, they actually got the Guinness Book of World Records for that mm. uh, right right before the first thousand, and we're more than double since then. So it has. It has seen a tremendous global impact for evangelism and discipleship all around the world since it first came out in 1979. Well, this is interesting. I, I don't know that I knew this, but you're saying the movie was first and foremost released to movie theaters across the country before yes. it was used evangelistically. Yeah, there was uh, originally there was an American theatrical run uh, of Jesus uh, that sort of started and ended in 1979, uh, but it really wasn't until the larger missions community got a hold of the film that it really started to get legs. People recognized the film, the script itself was taken directly from uh, almost almost exclusively from the Gospel of Luke. There's a couple pieces where there's other gospel narratives that are, that are woven in, but because it was true to the Gospel of Luke, it was really able to cross over multiple denominational boundaries, uh, mission agency boundaries and really be used as a tool far and wide uh, for ministry and for the sharing of the gospel. And once those organizations got a hold of it, it, it sprouted legs and started carrying around the world. Was it originally a ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ when it was first produced? Yes, yes, it was. It was Dr. Bill Bright who actually challenged Paul Eshelman, who was on staff. He said, look, we should make a film about the life of Jesus uh, because movies are a big deal now. Uh, Americans are going to the theaters. People around the world are going to the theaters. Let's 
let's step into this. And so they did that. Uh, but really, I'm guessing had no clue just how God could possibly use this over the ensuing. I mean, we're here 40 plus years later, uh, and the film is still uh, bringing people to know Jesus for the first time. Well, we'll talk about how God has used it. You said 2,100 languages. And, and as you talk about that, my understanding is the most recent language is a pretty interesting one because of the connection to Jim Elliott and those five missionaries who were killed in Ecuador when they were trying to bring the gospel to a particular tribe. And uh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, so just last month, we, we announced that we, we crossed over 2,100 translations. And that last language uh, is, the, uh, is, the, is the language of Wairani. Uh, and so the Wairani people, uh, which is, this is the language spoken by approximately 3,000 indigenous people in the uh, Amazonian Ecuador area. Uh, and so, but this, yet yeah, to your point, is absolutely, I mean, the Wairani tribe holds a real historical significance in the context of Christian missions as it was the same tribe whose warriors martyred five American Christian missionaries, including Jim Elliott and Nate Saint, uh, in 1956 uh, for sharing the gospel. Uh, and so to be able to go back around and say, now we have the film Jesus, the gospel of Luke presented in their own language uh, is really a beautiful testament to, I think, to the to the longevity of Christian missions and, and sort of our, our dedication to saying, yeah, we're going to keep going back. We're going to keep going back. And of course, Jim Elliott's own family went back as well uh, and continued some of that mission work. But for us to be able to now, all these years later, finally get that language into the Jesus film has been really fantastic. Can, can you talk a little bit, uh, Jeff, about any uh, stories or examples of how God has used the Jesus film? I mean, I realize over, what, 40-some years or so many, but it's been used in missions and church planting. I think the first... So I, let me start with the very first sort of international showing. The very first international showing was actually uh, in the country of Georgia. Uh, so while the USSR was still stronghold, um, but I, I had the chance, unfortunately, um, our, the, the creator of the film, Paul Eshelman, he, he passed uh, in May of this year. Mm. Uh, and I had the chance to sit down with him in January and just listen to some of his early stories and he recounted uh, the opportunity of being the first film uh, to be able to be shown uh, on theaters in the country of Georgia, which is, as he would be quick to say, is the you know, birthplace of Stalin. Hmm. Um, it was, uh, he said, what well, the most interesting part of it was the theater was filled with all Soviet military personnel. <laughs> it was all Soviet military personnel. And he said he learned later on that the only reason they really allowed it was because the film was translated into Russian. <laughs> and they thought, yes, it's coming from the West, but they can't pull anything over on us. We're going to know all the words. We're gonna, it's not going to be some sort of secret something in a different language. And so because it was in Russian, it, uh, it, it, was, it was openly shared. Uh, he shares the story after that showing of having, uh, as the way he counts it, he said he was, there was this man that came up to him after, after the film had showed with all sorts of, military medals on his chest looking very important with a wall of other military uh men behind him uh and he says i liked your film very much i would like to get this film on all of our submarines and the translator quickly informed him and said this is the commander of the soviet submarine fleet you should you know 
And Paul just very innocently said, that's, that's amazing. I'd love to do that. Uh, how many copies would you need? How many submarines are there? And he said, the room got eerily quiet. Hmm. The oh. translator worshiped him. And the translator said, <laughs> actually, that's, that's, a mili- that's a military secret. <laughs> so he, you know, he kind of pulled his hands up. Oh, I'm so sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't attempting to. I was just thinking you know, logistics. How many copies do you need? That is you know, a beautiful testament of, uh, of just sort of the way God worked through the idea of translating this film and getting it, just really initiating, getting it into new places around the world. So there's, I mean, there are literally, uh, we count, this is, this is no joke, we count over 2 billion showings hmm. of the film to date. It is the most watched, most translated film in human history. We've seen, we record over, over 600 million first-time professions of faith uh, over the last 40 years as a result of the film, and millions and millions of churches planted all around the world. So it, just to see what God continues to do through a roughly two-hour film based on the Gospel of Luke, translated now into over 2,000 languages, uh, it is truly an incredible legacy uh, and really starts with Dr. Bill Bright and Paul Eshelman responding to the context of the time and saying, "Let's let's work to get to work to get Jesus uh, into into theaters." And the, uh, one of the uh, remarkable things about it, uh, Jeff, is as you said, the the script, with a with a couple of exceptions, is almost entirely the gospel according to Luke. And uh, as Christians, we we recognize that with God's word. Uh, there's it's supernatural it, it is God's word and and where it is heard it where it is proclaimed where it is put into a movie or in whatever context uh, the scripture says it will accomplish the, the goals that God uh, sets out for it, it it's going you know, he has purposes for his word amen and I think that's been one of the things that's been most I would say the most common testimony that we hear over the years is, the reality of, especially as you get into, you know, the last 1,500, 16, 1,700 languages that we've done the film in, you're talking about people who are seeing for the first time any film in their own language. Mm. It's the first time they've seen anybody speaking the language of their, of, of their, of their heart. We would call it their, their heart's language. Um, and so just the testimony through through tears of people seeing I mean, you have to imagine for those of us that are english speakers imagine you've never seen or heard anything in the language that you use at home and suddenly you go and there's this massive screen and there's an image of the son of god on screen speaking in the language that you and your family use that no one else seems to know and just that that power of enabling the power of God through the scriptures to speak directly into people's hearts uh, is truly an incredible, incredible uh, opportunity and real and thing to be a part of. Well, I want to move on to uh, the, the new film, the uh, Jesus 2025, but it's hard to believe there are people that haven't seen the Jesus film, but I'm sure they're there. If somebody wants to, to view it, how do they go about it if they don't actually have a physical uh, copy? Well, there's several places you can find it. Uh, ultimately, uh, we have, uh, you can go to our 
Jesus Film website, you can go to YouTube. You can type in Jesus Film or The Jesus Film English. You can actually, if you use that last word for whatever language you're looking at it in, it'll ideally pop up in that language as well. There's also an app that can be download, downloaded mm. from the App Store. And I'll just give this as a little hint. It's, it's honestly one of the most fun things that many of our teams around the world do. We have on our phones the Jesus Film Project app. You get into an Uber, you get into a taxi somewhere in the world, and you're talking with someone and, you, and they say, and, and you, you realize that they have a bit of an accent or they're clearly not from, or they share that they're from a country. And you say, well, what, what is your native language? And they say, they tell you what it is. And you say, I, you know, I bet I have a movie in your language. Hmm. And they say, no one has a movie in my language. No one's ever heard of my language. And so the number of times that our team can then just pull up the app and literally share the film pass it over from phone to phone uh, in the native language of that of that cab driver, taxi driver, that worker, the person you're encountering on the street, whoever it is. But the app itself makes it super easy to do that. The film can be found there. The film can be found online in many, many places. Mm. Well, I'd like to uh, turn and ask you about uh, something I just found out about, the 2025 Jesus film. Uh, tell us about it, uh, what the vision behind it is and, and how it's uh, special. Yeah, Bill, in, as you said, in, in December of 2025, that's our target, uh, we aim to be releasing an animated family feature about the life of Jesus. It is a, an animated reimagining of the classic film. We are working hand in hand with Premise Entertainment. Premise Entertainment uh, is uh, run by a man named Dominic Carolla. The entire team at Premise, these are... Um, uh, believers who have credentials all from Disney and Pixar and DreamWorks and all the major studios. And so we're working with them to create a theater quality animated feature about the life of Jesus that will be released in theaters worldwide at the end of 2025. It's, it's an incredible project to be a part of. Well, tell us why. Why would you use the word incredible? I think I would use the word incredible because for me, one of the things that we know is that animation today speaks cross-generationally cross in a way that uh, even, even live-action films do not. You'll get a whole family gathered around watching animated films every, from across every generation. And animated films tend to age better, if you will, <laughs> uh, than some live-action films. Just if you, you know, I love, some of my favorite movies are, came out in the 1980s. And I watch them because they're fun, but I can certainly tell they were filmed in the 1980s <laughs> when I'm watching them today. Animation uh, tends to have a bigger shelf life. But I think the thing that I'm most excited about for this project is that the mechanism we're using to actually create this film is a technology known in, in gaming circles as Unreal Engine. The Unreal Engine is a software system that is what's used by the major gaming platform. So if you imagine you're in a video game or you've got your, and you can, you can choose, do I want to rock, walk right or left or go forward? The reality is in order for the producers to create that, they have to create a fully three-dimensional environment. You have to create the ability for someone to make those choices. We are actually creating this film. It will be one of the very first films released um, out of this technology, which means the film itself will be natively in 3D. That means you can literally put on 
a, a pair of 3D glasses, hmm. uh, a VR headset, if you will, um, and step into scenes of the film. Uh, it's going to be created in a way that will actually allow people to experience the gospel, not just read the gospel or hear the gospel, but experience the gospel in ways never before done. And once again, straight from the gospel of Luke, the large majority of the script, um, again, other other bits and pieces from, from scripture, but, but it's, it's straight from the Bible. Uh, and so to be able to present that is just, I, we're all so excited. And so it, uh, it must, uh, since it, it's from the Gospel of Luke, the original Jesus film is, it must track relatively closely with the original live action film. It, it actually does track very, very closely. Uh, it is not going to be a shot by shot recreation, but what we're able to do is by using the Gospel of Luke as once again the foundation, it means that when this film comes out in December 2025, we already have 2,100 languages of the original film translated. So shortly after release, within a matter of a few years, we believe this film will also be in over 2,000 languages and once again available uh, free for the for the church community, for people to be able to use to share the gospel with their neighbors, the communities, our friends and family. And this is a really obvious question, Jeff, but uh, how important is it to have this kind of uh, outreach that's uh, well. First of all, it's port. It would be portable, but also uh, in an animated and in a in a, a film representation of the gospel, as opposed to just the spoken word. I mean, for this day and age. Our our film director uh, Dominic Carolla. He one of the things he he likes to say is he likes to remind us that animation is an art form. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, for over two thousand years, the image of Jesus has always been expressed through art. We we. We have to remember, of course, there's no photos, <laughs> right? right? There's no photo likeness yeah. of Jesus. But but through paintings and stained glass and frescoes and drawings for over 2,000 years, he's been expressed this way. And now we're at a point in technology where the art form has literally come to a place where we can immerse ourselves in it uh, through three dimensions and through actually being able to step alongside. I get so excited. I have a, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, I'm excited about them being able to put on glasses and sit down at the Last Supper at the table with Christ. I'm excited about the idea of him. You know, one of the one of the one of the places in the film that is not out of the Gospel of Luke is the deliverance of the Great Commission at the end. I'm excited for them to see Jesus look them in the eyes and say, "Now you have a job to do." I'm paraphrasing, of course. Mm-hmm. It's not quite what the Gospel of Matthew says, but but it's that idea. Um, that you, as someone who has said, yes, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, you have a job to do. And so I get excited about about that because animation really is an art form uh, that captures the senses in a way that that just written word, just just listening to the word, or even just visually seeing the word on 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 paper uh, doesn't doesn't quite capture the imagination the same way. Well, Jeff, I know I have to let you go in a few minutes here, but uh, you are the global marketing director for the film Jesus 2025. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your background? How did God prepare you and lead you <laughs> to to this? And I guess it would be to, to crew as well. Oh, Bill, that's a you, you, you asked that question right at the end, right? Uh, so I have to. I'll, we'll summarize it. But but I was I was uh, I was raised in the church. Um, 
and ultimately came to, but I came to faith in my own through university. Mm. And, and ultimately, my life has always been at the intersection of, of, of marketing and God's mission. Um, I, my background has been in, uh, I've served as a pastor. Uh, I've worked in organizations like uh, Compassion International. I served as marketing director there at Compassion for, for seven years. I've worked with uh, other mission agencies. Um, but the one commonality is that God has always um, brought me to this place of, of focusing on how do we enlist more of his people for the work that they have already said yes to being a part of, and that is the Great Commission. So for me, this has always been my passion. And I think the biggest difference here about this film is, yes, it happens to be a film, but hands down, we know that it is a ministry tool. This is a ministry tool. This is the gospel of our Lord in film form. It is a ministry tool. And therefore, I think that was where my background, uh, when, uh, when the Jesus Film Project approached me for this work, that's what really, I think, caught their attention was, was I'm going to be looking at this, and I, and I do look at this, not just as a movie to, to promote, but you know, Campus Crusade for Christ, Jesus Film Project, we have over 1,800 global ministry partners all around the world, uh, groups like YWAM and other mission agencies, et cetera, large churches. And God has built up this network that ultimately, I believe, will be the greatest distribution network uh, ever imagined. Uh, the body of Christ is the greatest distribution network ever imagined for the gospel. And we want to bring this project right alongside what God has always intended for how his word gets out to people around the world. Well, Jeff, if people would like uh, more information, if they just uh, just joined us late about the uh, the Jesus uh, 2025 film, the animated version, or even the original one, mm-hmm. where would you direct people? Absolutely. I, I think the best place, the best starting point is the website Jesus.film. Jesus.film will take you directly to information about the this animated film that's coming out in 2025, and you can dovetail from there to lots of other places. But, but Jesus.film is probably the best starting point for anybody. That was Dr. Jeff Peters, Global Marketing Director for the new animated Jesus film releasing in 2025. Go to Jesus.film. As we head into the weekend before Christmas, perhaps you're looking for a recommendation or two for good Christmas movies. Adam Holtz has them. He's director of Focus on the Family's plugged-in website. Adam, first, how important is it to find a good Christmas film or two this season? Well, you know, I think that we live in a world that is focused on narrative, right? I mean, it's all we hear about anymore. The narrative this, the narrative that, whether we're talking actual story narratives or the way you know, stories in the real world are being spun. Uh, and I think our kids are growing up in in a story-driven world. Mm. And so I think having stories that reinforce, that encourage, that awaken our imagination as it regards our faith and what we believe, uh, it can be a beautiful thing because certainly there are a lot of stories that are being told that are are working in the opposite direction, you know, to say the very least. And the challenges of, uh, and again, we're going to get to the recommendations, but the challenges of finding good uh, movies this Christmas season, because just because they say Christmas on them doesn't doesn't necessarily mean they're valuable in that way. Well, that's right. I mean, we, we get lots of what we might affectionately call holiday movies that have to do with a season of snow and trees and garlands and, you know, 
mm-hmm. nonsensical songs about reindeer and such. Sorry, Rudolph, didn't mean to throw <laughs> right. you under the bus there. Um, and that's, I, I think it's fine. I mean, I think scripture says to the pure, all things are pure, right? I mean, I think that we can appreciate them for what they are, mm-hmm. but that's not the message of Christmas. That's, you know, that's tinsel around the edges. And I think our, our mainstream culture loses track of that. Well, I'm wondering if you could run through for us, I know you have a number of them, recommendations for those that, yep. that really focus on the real meaning of Christmas. Yep. Let me give you um, a list. Uh, and a couple of these are directly focused on that real meaning. And, and a couple of them are, are a little bit adjacent to it, but I think um, are, are fun movies nonetheless. So okay. let's start with The Nativity Story. Um, this is a movie that came out in 2006. It stars Keisha Castle Hughes, which is a mouthful to say. Uh, she had previously been in the movie Whale Rider. Some people may remember her from that. Um, And she is a teenage Mary. And uh, Joseph is Oscar Isaac, who, of course, became famous first in Star Wars and and then uh, obviously in uh, Moon Knight as well on Disney+. Uh, what What I love about this story in particular is it's a pretty gritty, pretty realistic, but not graphic depiction Mm -hmm. of this story but it it's kind of like in a very broad way it's kind of like the chosen right it it enables us to imagine this story that we all know but to picture it you know what was it really like for this young girl to ride a donkey across the desert Mm -hmm. right i mean here we watch her struggling with some of these very real things Uh, And I think it's a lovely movie. And, you know, artistic license is taken in spots. There are going to be moments where you might think, well, that wasn't in scripture. But it's it's that extrapolation imaginatively of what that event and that, you know, that journey would have been like for her and Joseph. And I think especially for our kids, it moves it out of the realm of, you know, the old the proverbial flannel graph Sunday school lesson mode Mm -hmm. into something that's much more visual. And I think that that they will appreciate that. Good. Okay. And did you have another one before we get into the ones you said that are adjacent? Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, Let's talk about The Star. This is an animated movie that came out in 2017. Uh, And the fun sort of twist here is that it's the story of Jesus' birth told from the perspective of the animals that are around him, Mm -hmm. uh, most especially a donkey named Boaz. And I, I really like this movie. I think it's a very sweet movie. There are some barnyard bathroom humor that parents will want to know about. That's probably the biggest issue mm-hmm. here. And a couple moments are a little bit scary. There are There's a hunter and some wolves that pursue them. You know, Herod's trying to figure out what's going on. So they have, they have extrapolated the story in a bigger way. But again, not in a way that I think theologically does any damage. And, that, and I, I think it's a fun story for smaller kids, although those wolves might be a little bit on the intense side if you have really young or really sensitive viewers. You mentioned, yeah. kind of interesting, you said there are movies that are sort of adjacent to the Christian story, maybe that have a, of a good or a redeeming message. Yeah. Uh, yep. Well, let's go with the granddaddy of them all. Let's go with It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. I mean... Here's a movie from 1946. It stars Jimmy Stewart as George Bailey. And and we all know the story. Uh, and yet we know it so well that in some ways, even some of these old classics, it's fun to rewatch them with our kids because we get to see them through new eyes. And it's a story of a man who's wondering if his life has had any meaning or purpose at all. You know, would it have been better if he had never been born? Which, you know, as we look back on it from 2023, oh, you're a little bit self-involved there. George, but Clarence the Angel comes and, 
you know, sort of gives him a tour of his life, if you will, mm-hmm. and, and its influence. And it sort of addresses that question of if you hadn't been around, here are the good things that wouldn't have happened. And so, yeah, there's an angel. It's not a, uh, I, the Christmas story is interwoven in it. It's not a Christian movie as we would understand it, but it also was made in a time when the Christian understanding of Christmas was much more holistically woven into the fabric of our culture. And that certainly is not the case now. Well, Adam, final recommendation? The good old Muppet Christmas Carol from 1991. I think it's my favorite version of Dickens' story. And Michael Caine's a delight, and so are Kermit and Miss Piggy and Fozzie Bear and Gonzo and everybody. Well, Adam Holtz, my guest, Director of Media and Culture at Focus on the Family. And Adam, is there some kind of a comprehensive list that you might have posted somewhere that people might be able to check out? Yeah, we actually have two blogs that we have published in the last couple of years. If you go to our website, pluggedin.com, and we're a ministry of focus on the family, just type in best Christmas movies. You'll find two blogs. One of them is top 10. One of them is five movies focused on the real meaning of Christmas. Uh, And so you'll have even some more options to consider there. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guests, Dr. Jeff Peters, Global Marketing Director for the new Jesus Animated Film, releasing in 2025, and Adam Holtz, Director of Focus on the Family's Plugged In website. Go to PluggedIn.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you can join us again next time for another edition of His People.